This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. So there were moments Sunday where, yeah, the team played well. The on-field product looked good. There just weren't enough of those moments. And here we are on this Tuesday morning talking about a loss and another loss at home. 20 to 17, the Cardinals come up short to the Philadelphia Eagles, who remain the only undefeated team in the NFL. Yes, the Cardinals were within a field goal of potentially sending this game into overtime and then coming away with a victory. Did not happen. A lot of talk about what happened at the end of the game. I'm going to focus a lot, though, on how the game started because the team still has yet to score any points in the first quarter. Big picture takeaways here as the Cardinals are now 2-3 and three with the game in Seattle here in Week 6, which we'll discuss later on. But, Drew, as you look and watch in real time and look back and collect your thoughts on what happened on Sunday, some good moments. The defense, once again, solid. Couldn't get off the field, though, late. And the offense, once again, struggling to get the ball into the end zone. Yeah, well, I think there are some positives. At the end of the day, a loss is a loss, right? That loss counts just the exact same as the Kansas City loss, which felt much different. Uh, They've got two wins, and they've got three losses. Uh, But I do believe that this is the best game that Kyler's played. You look at what he was doing from a technical standpoint as far as going through his reads, his progression, his feet. Everything looked confident, looked comfortable. Uh, He got greedy on that interception where he tried to throw a post for a single high. You you have to know where you can miss, uh, and he left it short and and unfortunately, that's what it resulted in. Uh, again, there's these four to five plays throughout the course of any game that's going to hang in balance when you're playing against a good football team. Jalen Thompson gets that pick in the end zone, potentially, right? That changes the onset of the game. Yes, you look at the field goal because that's the lasting image in our minds. But from a technical standpoint, you go back and look at this film from a team perspective on what they could have done differently. And they're sitting there saying, man, we hung with the quote unquote best team in the NFL right now and should have really won that game. So there's positives to take away. They were good on third down. There was a lot of positives there. Uh, They've got a tough task this week against a team that surprised a lot of people. But for whatever reason, this team is good going on the road at home. How do you fix that thing? Is it complacency? From my perspective, what it looks like is like they're almost just playing to get the first quarter over with. They're not attacking. They're not. They're they're just sitting there and they're sitting back. It's almost like they're playing not to lose, as opposed to being the aggressor and going out and pri- trying to press the envelope. Not dictating. Letting the game come to them as opposed to, all right, this is what we're going to do. This is the tone that we're going to set. Once again, no points in the first quarter. Spotted the Eagles 14 points. Yet defensively, no takeaways. First time this season the defense has not had a takeaway. But two sacks, six quarterback hits, six tackles for loss, four passes defense. And Kyle, it was not Miles Sanders. It was not A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. It was Jalen Hurts who beat the Arizona Cardinals with his arm and his legs. 
Yeah, and it, it, that was a bit to be expected. Um, it, you know, the to me, uh, just it, if you had no information coming into this game, it looked like the Cardinals were the better defense, and there was all this publicity and hype um, about the Eagles, how good they are up front, how good they are on the back end. Um, but it was the Cardinals that, uh, for the most part, uh, played better, um, executed better, um, and like Drew said, and I'm encouraged going forward with this defense because I feel like they're going to continue to build off of this. You know, you continue. Continue to see development and growth with Isaiah Simmons. You're getting some players healthy on the back end. You're getting um, some more experience. We, we've got some young edge rushers that are starting to get snaps in these games, which, um, you know, if there's one big deficiency in this defense, it is production from your outside edge rushers. But now we're working some young guys in, and with them getting some experience in big games like this, they're going to um, improve and, and add to the depth and, and give us different looks on the outside moving forward. So, um, you know, the, uh, again, you already mentioned it, but this defensive performance was encouraging and there's a lot to build off of yeah and when you look at it from my perspective Jalen Hurts reminds me of a young Russell Wilson he extends plays he does things they stay on schedule you feel like you have him bottled up and he'll do something he'll scramble and he'll either run for 15 yards or he'll throw a ball off schedule for 15 yards they are a hard team to defend in that aspect just like this fan base is used to seeing the maddening plays that Russell Wilson would pull out of his hat so that's what I saw yesterday they did a great job of trying to hold him at bay and gave themselves a chance in the fourth quarter it's just that is a very good football team but again to Kyle's point you look at Isaiah Simmons they change him around that he looked like a different player out there that you needed to be you saw everything you needed from Byron Murphy he was all over the field making tackles when you're getting those kind of contributions it's a great sign of things to come for Hertz 239 passing yards plus 15 carries for 61 yards and two touchdowns again the defense held the Eagles to just a field goal a couple of field goals in the second half Cardinals not able to get that game time field goal let's discuss because it's easy for fans it's easier for myself in the press box to say this is what should have happened in those last two minutes. No timeouts. A minute 45, you begin that drive on your own 25-yard line. There is plenty of time to get into field goal range. Cardinals did. It's how they got into field goal range. And Drew, as a quarterback in that situation, a couple of things. One, you got to be able to get that first down when you slide. Field awareness. Football IQ. Second of all, at least from my perspective, coaching staff, if you're, if you're, if you're the, the quarterback is being told in the helmet, clock, clock, clock. I'm sorry, the quarterback is not looking around to see what the down marker is or what the scoreboard is saying. That now becomes the coaching staff, someone on the sideline. So I think there were errors on both ends as far as how we got to that play or spiking the ball on third down and not having another play or two before kicking the field goal. Yeah, it's really hard. It's hard for one reason, right? If you go back to how they got in that situation. And I think from a quarterback's perspective, when you start to get into that scramble mode, when you start to see it, because he extended the plays, he rushed for however many yards he had on that drive going into it, it's almost like you deprogram yourself as saying, okay, if nothing's open, I'm going to just scramble and run, right? And so he did that. He was getting success with that. He knew that he was trying to get to a line to gain to be able to kick a field goal. It's extremely hard when he slid I was like wait why are they marking this short it, the margin of error is so small and so maybe he goes back and moving forward of saying you know what if I dive forward it's a different thing because it's all depends on where you begin your slide and then the second part of it which none of us will probably have the privilege of knowing is when you have a head coach and a play caller doing both duties you know the play caller could be sitting there saying okay clock 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 the head coach will be like, no no we're short we're short or somebody's trying to click into him that coach to quarterback it is not a sophisticated process of the communication that goes on 
on. So if somebody's trying to talk down to Cliff, but he's talking to the quarterback, he's not getting that information. So things can get lost in translation very, very easily. Uh, unfortunately, it resulted in them having a missed field goal. If they make that field goal, then nobody's really talking much about it. Uh, again, we try to emphasize the what transpired at the very end of the game without looking at the entirety of it. Hindsight always twenty twenty. Kyle, I want to get your thoughts, but let's hear from the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, on the Kyler Murray slide, the spike. Here is part of the coach's conversation post-game with Paul Calvisi. Yeah, I was right there. I thought he clearly got it, so I committed to clock it. Once uh, they moved it back two yards or whatever, past the point of no, no return, if you run it there, trying to get the first down, don't get it, it's hurricane field goal. Um, if you're throwing it, <clears throat> who knows? So we just thought once we saw that, hey, they had moved it back, we got to um, live with it and kick the field goal. Kyle, what did you see in real time? And then, obviously, emotions, getting more information, realizing, okay, this is what I would have done. Oh, well, that's what happened. Okay, then I would have done this. Yeah, so there was a lot of things. Um, it, you know, my concern is lack of execution in the two-minute drill. It's not a one-off. It's not the first time this has happened. It wasn't just that play. There were several plays throughout that drive. Look, um, it Kyler Murray looks like he's most comfortable and at his best in that type of situation. And in spite of multiple mistakes on that drive, he drove the team down the field. Um, and Drew can tell you this, um, in the NFL, e- even at the college level, probably the drill as a quarterback, as an offense, as a team you work the most is the two-minute drill because so many games, the difference is, is what you do at the end of the half and how you finish the game. It comes down to that two-minute drill. And there is so many different um, situations, circumstances that come up that you have to be on point in a two-minute drill That because it all does happen so fast. And just looking at that drive, I mean, the first play, Kyler had – it was a great play call, quarterback draw to get your drive going. Kyler had an opportunity to get out of bounds. Instead, he stepped inside, got two extra yards. Um, he misses a Zach Ertz on a wide-open pass. Um, we have a penalty, um, a false start, which, you know, Drew can tell you this as well. You know, coaches just drilled it into your brain. Penalties can kill a two-minute drive. You just cannot have them. And then even when uh, you complete a pass to Hollywood Brown, you get a first down, um, you you move the chains. Um, Instead of running another play, it took 12 seconds to clock it, and that's entirely too much time. I mean, those seconds are precious because you don't know what's coming forward. You've got, in a two-minute drill, um, time is always more important than yardage. I understand uh, players trying to fight for extra yards, players trying to um, cut back and think that they're going to help their team by getting you know a, just a chunk play. But it, you know defenses give that to you a lot of times. They'll give you the middle of the field. They want you to um, take what's there because it's just going to eat up more time. So um, to me, it, you know, look that. It, that last play, look, in retrospect, what I would love for Kyler Murray, I am all about self-preservation. We need him. This franchise needs him going forward. But when the game is on the line, I would love to see him you know, either dive or fight for those extra yards. Because even with an inexperienced kicker, sometimes you know, two, three, four extra yards closer can be the difference in making that type of field goal. So um, 
But I would just like to see a cleaner operation because we saw it against the Rams. The Rams, they had several opportunities, a two-minute drill. One time they executed, they went down the field, they moved the chains, uh, but they ate up almost five minutes of clock when they were down two scores. And and that's a win for the Rams in that game. So, you know, going forward, these are all learning things. These are all things that hopefully, you know, Coach Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, this entire staff, you learn from. But at this point in the season, you don't like to see mistakes happening over and over, particularly in a two-minute drill because it is so crucial. It wasn't just the missed field goal. A lot of different things did not go very smoothly on that last drive, including Kyler coming up short on the slide. Let's hear from K1. In that moment, trying to get down as quick as possible to be able to save as much time as possible. Um, Hindsight, you know, would have loved to get a couple more yards, one yard or whatever it was. You know, you got the rule when you slide. When you start the slide, that's where they stop the ball. So um, it's unfortunate. Looking back on the television broadcast in real time from the press box, couldn't tell. Hat was in on the far side of the field. But on television, he was a good yard and a half shy. And again, when you're eye level to the field as the head coach, maybe you're looking at something different. But again, a lot of things did not go well. Hopefully it is a learning experience for this team moving forward and also a learning experience overall as the Cardinals look now to get back to 500. Kyler Murray, once again, looking back at Sunday's performance and ultimately the outcome. Am I taking it hard? Obviously. At the end of the day, we got to keep going. Got to keep pushing forward. Uh, again, one game. We got a lot of season left. We've got a, you know a great team, great locker room. Confident in everybody in that locker room. Uh, we just got to get it together, put it together. Because um, right now, you know, we're 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 not playing complimentary football, and that's what it takes. Undefeated team lost by three points. Um, Could have easily won the game, but too many mistakes. Two and three is not the end of the world, especially when you look at the NFC West and the fact that right now the 49ers lead the division at three and two. You look at the rest of the NFC and the landscape overall, there is no runaway team. Yet, Kyle, for me, it's how this team has looked to get to two and three. It just hasn't been a very picturesque two and three, if you will. Well, it depends when you're looking. Um, <laughs> you know, this team has played really well offensively at times. This team has played really well defensively, particularly these last couple of weeks. It's putting a game together for four quarters. I mean, um, you know, if this team um, just started the game in the second quarter, this team would be great. Um, but the offense, for whatever reason, continually um, gets off to slow starts. And you cannot – I mean – uh, you know, from second quarter on, they outplayed the Eagles. It's just you cannot spot a good team 14 points and expect to get back into games week after week. Cardinals have been outscored 38 to nothing in the first quarter of this season. They are minus 54 in the first half of games, yet again, one field goal away from putting this game into overtime and then after that, all bets are off as far as what happens in the extra 10 minutes if you need 10 minutes. But the Cardinals here two and three for the game at seattle coming up this week episode 45 of the day patch podcast featuring cardinals left tackle dj humphreys premieres this week to catch up on past episodes follow the day patch podcast via your preferred podcast provider get the latest updates via twitter at hash pod the big positive going back post week one so not counting the Chiefs game this defense has played very very well given the Cardinals every opportunity to win ball games they just haven't all the time so we'll discuss what the defense did and also did not do on Sunday it is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek your ticket to great seats Craig Riolu, Drew Stanton and Kyle Vandenbosch here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network
39 of the Cardinals. Gainwell in the backfield. Two receivers left, one right. Play clock at one. They got a snap it. They do in time. Hurts back to pass in trouble. Steps up. Sack. Murphy got him in midfield. A loss of about 10. And now the Eagles are going to have to punt. J.J. Watt was back there, too. That is one pretty bird, baby. Love it. Vance Joseph dialed it up and said, what do you say we go ahead and go after him? Cardinals got after Jalen Hurts a lot. Two sacks on Sunday. Zach Allen had a sack in the second quarter. That play-by-play, Dave Patch, Ron Wolfley, a sack in the third quarter, forcing the Eagles to punt. Cardinals on offense, got the ball, marched downfield, 12 plays, 90 yards. Eno Benjamin, 11-yard touchdown to tie the game at 17 apiece. Cardinals, though, lose on Sunday 20-17, to and we're just going to spotlight here on the defense overall on Sunday, and I'll begin with you. Kyle, as far as what you saw, and yes, there were two long scoring drives in which three third downs were converted in the first half, three third downs converted in the second half, inability to get off the field, yet at the same time, you held the Eagles to 20 points, nine below their season average, and held them under 400 total yards for the first time all year. Yeah, again, you can't say enough about what the defense did. Um, you know, when, when A.J. Brown comes out, catches three balls in that first series, you're thinking, oh boy, he's going to have a huge day. And that was it. He was done and disappeared the rest of the day. Uh, Miles Sanders coming off of a career game against Jacksonville was held in check for the most of the game. Um, and again, a lot of credit um, goes to Vance Joseph. Um, you know, I was sitting there with Paulie talking pregame, and Paulie's like, you know, do you dare blitz? Uh, because, you know, you've got a quarterback that has the ability to make plays you've got a good offensive line and sure enough Vance Joseph had a lot of success with the blitz after um, you know you have a mobile quarterback in Kansas City and and they went with the blitz and and the game plan was criticized a little bit because they picked us apart and Patrick Mahomes was able to extend plays and and get the ball down the field that wasn't the case this week Um, and it was a, a total team effort again you saw um, you know, you saw different guys making plays when they needed to, and you didn't see any glaring weaknesses in this defense. And um, I know it's frustrating uh, from a fan standpoint to watch a game where um, your defense can't get off the field. But um, going in, you got to think that's part of the plan. Look, this this is a team coming in that led the league in explosive play. So what you want to do is try to keep everything underneath, try to make them execute play after play down the field, and hope that they make a mistake or or capitalize on something throughout the throughout one of those drives. So um, you know it, those are never ideal. Um, but again, sometimes it's kind of part of your game plan. We're going to take away this and give up this. Yeah, and the Cardinals did basically take away everything, but. Jalen Hurts, and that's darn near impossible, Drew, because he touches the football every single snap. And as I alluded to earlier, it it was his arm and it was his legs, and specifically the QB sneaks. I believe there were seven of those, and all successful either on third and short or fourth and short. Yeah, and some guys just have a knack for being really good at that. Obviously, they do, and it helps when you have some assistance behind you when you're getting pushed and all those things. But again, it's it's hard to defend that, and they're great up front. That offensive line is very good. They had some injuries, but they dealt with those well. Jalen just kind of has the ability to find the the soft spot in the defense and to push forward. So, you know, 
teams can try to replicate it. It's just hard. Uh, overall, though, I thought, thought the defense played tremendously well. They did a good job of changing up coverages. They never sat in the same thing. They played man. They played zone. They kept them off balance, and they had timely blitzes. That's really what it looked like. They were aggressive when they needed to be. They sat back when they needed to be. And you had high-effort plays from Isaiah Simmons, from Byron Murphy, from Jalen Thompson, even Buda Baker showing up. Everybody was around the football, and that's a great sign. You know, there's some stuff that's just going to happen throughout the course of the game but overall they did a tremendous job of defending every uh, every blade of grass as they used to say right so even though that they were great on first down second down and they kept matriculating the ball down the field they got stops when they needed to and they were timely uh, which allowed the game to be very close at the end two Jalen Hurts touchdown runs in the first half but after that a field goal in the third quarter a field goal in the fourth quarter two uh, two field goals allowed by that Cardinals defense post game Jalen Thompson talked about holding the Eagles to just six points in the second half uh, just going to the sideline and uh, listening to the details that our coaches are giving us pretty much uh, they seen some stuff and uh, we adjusted and we're able to you know uh, keep them from getting a lot of points in the second half so um, hats off to our coaches Of course, that final drive, 17 plays, 70 yards, in which Cameron Dicker kicked the go-ahead 23-yard field goal. There was a third and one converted, a third and 12. That was huge. Dennis Gardeck missed a tackle on Dallas Goddard. Another third and one converted. So the inability there to get off the field, yet you did not allow them to score, get into the end zone, held them to a field goal. So yeah, a little bit frustrating at the end of the ball game and overall frustrating for Jalen Thompson as well. Just all the work that we put in during the week and for us to come up short, you know what I mean? Uh, I know how hard our guys work, how hard I work, how hard the coaches work throughout the week. And uh, just for us to come up short, especially when uh, I feel like we could have won that game, it's, it's, it's tough. So we'll bounce back from it and uh, you know we'll keep moving forward. Isaiah Simmons, a game-high 13 tackles. Kyle, he played percentage-wise the most he has since week one, and this is now back-to-back games in which he's been on the field the majority of the time. Has not been discussed a lot recently because other things have happened, but slowly but surely we're getting to see what I think this coaching staff and front office envisioned out of Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, to me, what you're seeing, um, you're not, you know, these last two games, he hasn't made those huge game-changing type plays, which, you know, he's been known for, but you're not seeing him have lapses, you're not seeing him have mistakes, and I think the biggest issue with him in the early part of the season was consistency in both execution and effort, and those things are no longer an issue. He's a player, I, I mean... It'll drive coaches nuts. Coaches love guys with that game-changing type ability, but when you never know what type of player is going to show up down in and down out, they just don't feel confident that they can play you. That no longer appears to be the issue with Isaiah Simmons. He's playing good, consistent football. He seems to be in the right place at the right time. Um, Again, you saw a couple times in this game where um, he is a physical, powerful tackler, and he will really put the hurt on certain players when he gets an opportunity. Um, So that's great to see. You're, You're starting to see a lot of production from your last two first round draft picks and that's going to be a huge asset for this team as they hit this stretch run the wow plays Isaiah Simmons is very good at making it's being consistent on an every play basis to where you're not trying to make that wow play every single snap only when needed and I think that consistency on just making the sure tackle not the 
highlight tackle is what I think we're finally seeing from Isaiah. Yeah, you want him to play within the confines of the defense. And then when he diagnoses something, he identifies it, he reads, reacts, and goes and allows that athleticism to take over. And I think that was on display a couple times. I know there's one third down that comes to mind in that zone read where he chased down Jalen Hurts to make sure that he couldn't get that first down. They had to settle for a field goal. Other plays where he's flying around, he's doing all of these things, he's in the right spot. You don't just get 13 tackles by happenstance eight solo tackles that doesn't just occur unless you're doing what you're supposed to be doing being where you're supposed to be and putting him in a position to be successful so again great job by Vance Joseph I know we continually kind of toot his horn on this show but he's done an admirable job of bringing these guys along and getting them to the level they need to be at and maybe it was a you know one step back before he takes two step forward but he's doing that right now Isaiah Simmons needs to come on he has come on for that middle portion of this defense defense to be able to control what they need to control throughout the course of the game. So um, this is all exciting stuff, again, uh, but there's no moral victories in the NFL. You either win or you lose, and that's what this team has identified. And I still maintain that everybody's sitting there, even at 10-2 last year because of what transpired. Nobody's going to feel good until we see what this team can bring to the table come December. The last three games, the Cardinals have held the opponent to 20 or fewer points, yet one and two in those three games. And that's the frustrating part defensively, frustrating for an offense, because you look at this defense, I was not expecting this type of play here through the first five weeks. Maybe yeah. later in the season, but not the first five weeks. <laughs> it's reassuring, though, because you know the offense is going to get it right. right? You know DeAndre Hopkins is coming back. What we saw with Rondell Moore getting healthy is a huge addition, because now you have two playmakers, and you add DeAndre back to that mix. When you look at the makeup of this roster and where the majority of the quote-unquote money is, is it offensive, is it defense, how is this team built? Obviously, offensively, it would lead you to believe that the offense is going to carry what's going on because you have a young draft stock in the defense. The, all of the playmakers that are have on offense would lead you to believe that 20 points, yeah, we can go out and score 20 points with how dynamic our quarterback is, with the running back that we have, and, and really the running back room we have. They've shown versatility there with the tight end. All of the playmakers they have, if you said we just got to get over 20, 20, I'd be like, every single week, I'd feel good about this offense getting there. And they will. I truly believe that they will. Uh, everybody is highly anticipating you know, DeAndre coming back because he is that difference maker that is going to be able to push that threshold even higher and probably alleviate some of the weight that the defense has been carrying. But it's got to happen. It has to show up when it comes back, and I truly believe it will. And among those draft picks on defense, Kyle, it's Zach Allen picking a great year, contract year, to be productive from a defensive line position as far as tackles, affecting the pass, passes defense, getting his arms up in the way of those passing lines. I think he's been phenomenal this season. Yeah. I mean, in a word, he's been disruptive. Um, He continually makes huge plays, and he affects plays down in the down out and it hasn't just been these last two weeks when we've talked about him a lot it's been every single game this season he has shown up and made plays coming up later on this month the first ever cardinals 5k run presented by seat geek benefiting cardinals charities it is sunday october 30th run through state farm stadium and then stick around a watch party as the cardinals on that sunday are in minnesota this is the arizona cardinals radio network empty 
reset in shotgun, takes the snap, three-step drop, looks over the middle, throws, and it's caught by Brown, first down, makes a man miss at the 15, cuts right to the 10, and Brown is into the end zone for the touchdown! Hollywood Brown has been spectacular! What an incredible play by Hollywood Brown! To make that catch in the run after the catch, you want to talk about the red carpet? Hollywood Brown just walked down the red carpet. And it's a handoff left side. Benjamin with room at the five, and Benjamin's in. Touchdown Cardinals. Eno Benjamin getting it done. And a point after away from tying the game with 9.43 to go. That is one of the best possessions we have seen from this offense this year. Of course, Ron Wolfley would like a balanced scoring drive. Six runs, six passes. The last play, Eno Benjamin, 11-yard touchdown that tied the ball game up. Going back to the Hollywood Brown touchdown catch, 25 yards, the longest scoring play of the season for the Cardinals. When we discuss the Seahawks, I'll tell you how many scoring plays they had of better than 30 yards just on Sunday alone against the Saints. But that's for another topic, another segment here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your ticket to great seats, Craig Rayleigh, Drew Stanton, and Kyle Vandenbosch as we look at what the Cardinals finally were able to do in this game on Sunday against the Eagles, finally after the first quarter. Basically, Drew, if you just eliminate the first 15 minutes of games and say, all right, Cardinals, go ahead and play, yeah, offensively, they've looked pretty good. I don't think that's feasible, though, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but the sign is that's encouraging, right, is you're seeing multiple guys contributing and guys are stepping up in the face of injury. Uh, I mean, I, personally, when you go back and you look at the script, however many they do, if they do 12 or 15, they're opening script. They're trying to get everybody involved, which is great. And, and most teams want to do that. They want to be able to get personnel on the field. They want to be able to get guys in the rhythm and flow of the game. It's just sometimes in those critical third down, even though they were great, you know, over 50% uh, on the game, it was phenomenal. It's just a little bit of disconnect between him and Zach Ertz of the angle that Zach's coming out on or something like that. Those critical third downs, especially the ones that are a little bit longer where you can extend drives and be able to do that early in the game, that's the difference makers of where you can kind of put a defense on their heels. And like I said, the offense just needs to go out and be aggressors. They need to be able to do that. And it starts with the quarterback. And I again, I still maintain that Kyler played a very good football game. And if he continues to play like that and stays in the pocket and can distribute the ball, go through his read, his progression, and distribute, they're going to be really good. Even the touchdown pass that he had to Hollywood Brown, he did a good job of holding that whole defender, getting the ball to him, and Hollywood Brown did a tremendous job of making three, four guys miss and just had a nose for the end zone. Third straight game in which Hollywood has been targeted at least 10 times. Overall on Sunday, eight catches for 78 yards, and that score, Eno Benjamin rushed the ball for the touchdown. He had eight carries for 25 yards and overall the Cardinals rushed the ball 26 times for 124 yards. That's almost five yards a carry, Kyle. And if you can do that on a consistent basis, you're going to win more times than you lose. Cardinals just haven't been able to keep it consistent for an entire game. Right. Uh, I mean, Hollywood continues to play well. Zach Hurts had a big game, and he does consistently. Kyler played a good game for the most part. Uh, But to me, the offensive MVP was the offensive line. Um, They opened holes in the running game. Um, They they only gave up one sack and two quarterback hits against coming into this game what was perceived as the best, most disruptive defensive line. And, you know, for the most part, Kyler had a lot of time. He had time to sit back there, and like Drew said, he went through his progression. 
progressions um, against uh, when a lot of teams will play this Eagles team. They don't have time. I mean, when they played the Commanders, they didn't have time. Um, the Jaguars didn't have time to throw the ball. But this offensive line went out um, in spite of not having Rodney Hudson in the lineup, went out and executed, played really well, played really physically, and did their job in both the run and pass game. Yeah, shout out to Sean Harlow who got the start at center with Rodney Hudson on the shelf and don't know how much, if any, if Hudson will be back this week or not. That's something that will be determined later on in the week. Also to be determined later on in the week, the running back room. James Conner, Daryl Williams, Jonathan Ward all exited that game on Sunday because of injury, leaving Eno Benjamin as the last healthy, active running back. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury discussing all that on Monday. You know, having all three of those guys go down um, was tough. We're, we're going to see how it kind of shakes out the next couple of days uh, and go from there. But um, I'd never been in a situation where three of them in one game got hurt. And like I said, after the game, Eno did a great job. He was cramping up, continued to play, and, and made some plays late, which gave us a chance. Overall, Eno Benjamin, 11 total touches, 53 yards, and a score. The Cardinals, as far as that running back room is concerned, and they are, according to reports, working out running backs, whether one gets added to the roster or practice squad. Again, we'll have to wait and see. But James Conner, before getting hurt, nine carries, 55 yards. Darrell Williams, three touches for nine yards. And Eno Benjamin, eight carries for 25 yards. There's good balance as long as you have healthy running backs in that room and I know a lot of people want to see more of Daryl Williams he did have the conversion on the fake punt limited number of offensive plays though so if you want to see both Connor Williams and Benjamin yeah it's hard well I think they did a good job of remaining balanced and they're doing a good job of committing to the run their first down runs have really been very impressive because they're mixing it up with the guys the way they're doing it. Uh, the second down runs where it almost becomes predictable on second and 10 is where I think they need to reevaluate what's going on because sometimes we see these jet sweeps to Rondell Moore, you're doing this, and trying to convert a third and eight plus is a very difficult task. The first down runs, when you remain balanced and you keep people you know, on their toes, they don't know what to expect. And that's where you saw a lot of that run game take off and the chunks of what they're doing because then it just opens everything everything up with the play action pass the second down of kind of getting back on track and keeping it into a third manageable is going to be key uh, this run game allows that to be the case especially when you have a threat because you can do all of these different plays you can do screens to the running back you can do all the different things you need to the draws have been really successful this year on this team being able to, to hold people at bay when you have Eno Benjamin that has the skill set to do that and he's going to have to carry the workload I mean uh, he knows that going in now but he's going to get those reps Keontae Ingram is a guy that we're excited to see because of the preseason that he had. A young guy that can step into a role physically has the ability to do it. Mentally, can he go out there and can he do it at the highest level? Preseason's over with, uh, but I liked what I saw very much to start preseason. Eno was the last man standing, so to speak, on Sunday. Monday, he addressed the media and was asked about being the only healthy running back available on Sunday. Just the way the game was flowing, I didn't really realize things until I started asking, like, where are certain people at when I didn't see them anymore? Um, and then that's when they were kind of telling me that uh, things were going down and I was the one and I had to keep pushing. I've always been confident uh, that I, I could do uh, such a thing. Um, I did it in college, I did it in high school. So um, I was kind of comfortable in the situation um, and just pressing forward.
He's been waiting, Kyle, for an opportunity talking about Eno Benjamin. And what hasn't been discussed, and I'll bring it up here, is that final drive. He had a nice blitz pickup as well. Once again, that offensive line and others giving Kyler Murray time to look downfield and go through his progressions. But Eno Benjamin has waited. He has been in the doghouse. He is now out of the doghouse, going back to when he was a rookie and didn't see the field at all. But being able to run, catch, and protect the quarterback, I think, is going to bode well for him in his future. Yeah, I like that you brought up the blitz pickup because it's the reason why a lot of young running backs can't get on the field. Um, it's it's you know by all indications the toughest part. Um, and you know he's got to this point in his career where he can do everything. He can run the ball really well, and we've seen that. We've seen him stick his foot in the ground. We've seen him make people miss. We've seen him run people over. Um, He can be physical if he needs to be. Um, He's got great hands out of the backfield, so he can contribute to uh, the passing game as well. Um, But, you know, you've got to think that part of the reason that it took him so long to see a lot of time on the field was, uh, you know, the pass protection, because that can be so difficult, particularly for young running backs, and to see him just step in and do that you know particularly when you're not a starter you're a rotational type player um you know you still got to watch the same amount of film you still got to prepare the same way because um you know game on the line he was dependent on he was needed and had he not been ready in in that situation um it would have cost the cardinals he played talking about eno benjamin almost half the game 37 of the 69 offensive snaps so there's no question he can handle the load of course he can't do by himself so again Will a James Conner, Daryl Williams, Jonathan Ward be available this week? Keontae Ingram, does he get an opportunity this week after being inactive all season long? All questions that we have just as well as everyone else, but won't know until later on in the week. Cardinals single game tickets are available now. Go to azcardinals.com slash tickets for more information. As we continue here on this Tuesday, the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your tickets to great seats. Cardinals on Sunday in Seattle. Currently scheduled for a 105 kickoff. We'll explain. Cardinals, though, always very successful going to Seattle. We'll get into that and the numbers and what the Seahawks have done this season next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Also, nobody saw until the NBC camera zoomed in is the gentleman to my right, Drew Stanton, as Andre Ellington was racing down the sideline right by Stanton, who knew exactly what was going to happen before the ball was even snapped, according to folklore. Is Don't give it away. Is Drew Stanton in what is officially now known as the Stanton Shuffle, which is the subject of the next episode of Folk Tales, which Drew Stanton, again, as we say, it's going to be known for something. And you were, as they say, trending back in 2015. 
Yeah, and that lets you know how old you are when it's a folktale now at this point coming out. Um, and it had nothing to do with anything I did on the field either. Well, I guess I was technically I was off the field of play, but on the field. So, yeah, you know, those memories are great uh, to be a part of that, to know, as you pointed out, that the play call was going to be successful, the magnitude of that game, even the pageantry that we just heard of like, the play and background noise like brings you back there. So uh, anybody that understands this division that knows how hard it is to win, to be able able to go on the road to Seattle and be a part of those are the memories that you'll you'll forever hold on to um the fact that I was on NBC and Al Michaels called me out for it and all of it uh I won't give it away you have to tune in the next episode of Folktales coming next week, the Stanton Shuffle. And I actually got to disagree with you, Drew, because it is not that difficult to win in Seattle. Cardinals are 5-2 and two over their last seven visits to the Pacific Northwest, although this time their earliest trip to Seattle since 2011 in Week 3. And they are facing a Seahawks team like the Cardinals that is 2-3 and three and coming off a loss. Last week, the Seahawks losing in New Orleans 39-32 and Kyle look at Seattle. Geno Smith is getting a lot of the headlines and the attention. It is a very good offense. Defensively though, they are struggling, but offensively, let's touch on that because Geno Smith leads the league in completion percentage, a league-best quarterback rating. He's got weapons in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. An issue at running back with Rashad Penny breaking his leg and going to miss the rest of the season, but this is an explosive offense through five weeks. Yeah, on top of how Geno's playing, which I think surprises everybody, but it's not a fluke. Like, he's been doing it week in, week out. He's been consistent. Um, he knows where to go with the ball. He's moving well in the pocket. Um, it, you know, you've, you've got two of the best receivers. I mean, averaging combined 150 yards a game between the two of them, um, like you alluded to earlier, have the ability to get over the top. Um, make the explosive plays, get get some quick strike touchdowns, um, a running game that's going really well. Um, you know, uh, across the board, um, you know, like you said, this is an opportunity for um, our offense to get going against a defense that's leaky at times. But the the Seahawks, uh, they they're depending on a lot of rookies and you know we need to try to take advantage of that as well it really at key positions two rookies starting at cornerback two rookies at offensive tackle a rookie inside linebacker so um you, you know we we have opportunities on offense this could be um a get right game hopefully we get going get the ball moving early get some points in the first quarter because um like you said they in spite of how well they're playing on offense they're giving up 430 yards on defense a game and and we should have an opportunity to take advantage of that the Seahawks when we talk about explosive offense Tyler Lockett had touchdown catches of 35 and 40 yards DK Metcalf had a 50 yard touchdown catch and Kenneth Walker the second round pick out of Michigan State had a 67-yard touchdown run. Again, the longest play from scrimmage for the Cardinals is 30 yards, and I just gave you four that was over 35 for the Seahawks in one game. So, yeah, another test for this defense, uh, Drew. Yeah, well, you know what I think it is? Uh, I think Shane Waldron's doing a really good job. People aren't talking about his name. He came from the Rams lineage of Sean McVay doing all this. There's not as much shifts and motions and all that stuff. You're still seeing some of that, but those deep play-action shots are what you're seeing a lot of, and they're doing a really good job of that. It's all set up and predicated by the run game. Uh, Gino's doing a great job of not turning the ball over. I believe he's got nine touchdown passes to two interceptions. Um, he's doing a nice job of managing games and keeping them in games um, to be able to do that. Where you really see the biggest difference is third down, I believe they're top five 
What, you gotta have a stat over there for me. They are yeah. number three. Three. There we go. I was gonna say I gotta rely on you as the statistician. When you're doing that, when you're number three in the league on third downs, that means you're putting yourself in positive situations to be able to control that. Do that. They're putting up a huge number of points on the board. But when you're dead last or bottom categories on defense, it's concerning because that is their MO. That's how they're known. It's the culture of what everything stands for, um, of what they want to do in a Pete Carroll type of a system is rely on that defense and the run game. The defense hasn't shown up yet. And so to Kyle's point, he used the phrase that everybody in the the NFL uses. This is a get-right game. This is a team that can go in there and they can start fast. They can do all these things. And I think that when you look at this tape and you bury the tape of what just transpired, uh, for, for against the Eagles, you feel good about saying, you know what, if we correct one or two plays here or there, we beat the quote-unquote best team in the NFL. Now we get a chance to go up and, and salivate against the defense that's trying to find the right identity. They don't know what's going on. You don't have to deal with a, a elite pass rusher or linebackers that are gargantuan and are going to take your head off or a secondary that's you know will get up and, and punk you. All of these things uh, is a much different uh lead into what's going on in this game that have been in years past. So you've got to be able to be, if you if you want to be who you say you want to be come December, you've got to go out and prove it in a game like this. It is also a division game. Cardinals with their second division game of the season, losing to the Rams earlier in the year. So yeah, the focus this week, getting to 1-1 one one within the NFC West. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Physicality and effort has been there all year, and, and um, those are things you can build off of. I think the details is what comes next, and that's a step we got to take. We've got a, a big division game at Seattle, and division's wide open, and our guys understand what's, what's on the line. So we need to uh, play better in a hurry, and I, I know we're capable of doing that. Now, as we speak here on this Tuesday morning, kickoff is scheduled for 105, meaning pregame coverage would begin at 8.30. However, across the street, right next door, the Seattle Mariners potentially would have a game four in their ALDS against the Houston Astros. There is discussion about moving the game, not the day, but potentially kickoff, maybe earlier in the day. If so, of course... We will have pregame coverage. It just might be earlier than 8.30 a.m., but stay tuned. HazyCardinals.com for all the news. What is not going to change, the Cardinals are going to Seattle this week. And then, of course, one week from today, we will discuss what happened in Seattle, and hopefully the Cardinals are 3-3. Three and three. On that note, special thanks behind the scenes, Jim Omohundro, Lauren Koble, for Drew Stanton, Kyle Vandenbosch. I'm Craig Riolu. This has been the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.